Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. We're glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Kershaw Appeals lead sports columnist. The lead sports columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Jeffrey, got a question for you to start today's show. Do you like when big stories or big events happen during our show? Depends. This is an important question for the next two days. Um, I think overall you would prefer it rather than not have it because you do get more people like tuning in. Although I don't think radio works the same way that TV does where – yeah, big I feel like in breaks. the 1920s when some yeah. big news happened to you, I got to get to the radio. Correct. I, I don't feel like. Here it's just if it's part of your routine. I mean, if it's a, I would prefer there to always be bigger stories just because usually people consume more. But well, I don't, I don't, the next two days, Jeffrey, you're in luck then. It does get frustrating, though, when you're trying to process what is like what has happened, what's developed. Give or, me a take. Two seconds after this occurred, Go. It's not even necessarily. Like, I don't have a problem with the take because, like, sometimes your gut takes are usually your best takes. Like, that's true. That's you know what point. I mean? Like, you, you haven't overthought it. It's a pure yeah. take. Okay, that's true. But the problem is, you're gonna get the real. The problem though is, I hate when you're on the air and you're trying to like read a story and like you're like, you're trying to talk and read at the same time and it's it doesn't work. Like that that frustrates me. Well, Jeffrey, today, as we speak, uh, we could see. The latest development in the Michael Orr uh, blindside Tui family uh, saga because the lawyers for the Tui family are scheduled to have a press conference mm. starting about four minutes ago. I don't know if uh, yeah, I mean, they're probably running a little behind schedule. I don't know. But a lot of media over at that. And then tomorrow, right at the beginning of our show, we get the release of the NBA schedule. We get to, know what the, we get to learn what the Grizzlies are facing this season. Well, like the Two gr- days in a row on our show. The reacting in real time to, like, the Grizzlies schedule when you're trying to, like, figure out, okay, so... Well, you better get ready. Well, because then, inevitably, like, I'm going to just depend on, spirit of full disclosure, you depend on Fish, Rob Fisher. Because mm. I think Rob, He gets a little ahead of time. He gets time. a little ahead, but he, Rob's got the breakdowns of, okay, it's this many games in this month, it's mm-hmm. this, you know, he has... Rob has all the notes. Mm-hmm. 
because trying to like read the schedule in real time as the show's occurring, like it's just pretty boring. Listen to a guy read NBA names. Yeah. Oh, they got the they got the yeah. whole, no, let's not do it ahead of time. Well, we got big news break, you know, happening on this show the next two days. So get ready, Jeffrey. We need we, we want your gut takes on the schedule. And uh, you know, maybe here in a little bit we'll uh get some gut takes on the latest in the Michael Orr uh <laughs> saga, if you will. But it's buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit Wednesday. We've got David Cobb from CBS Sports, like we always do on Wednesday, joining us here later this hour. We'll talk conference realignment with him, talk some football. It's close enough that we're under three weeks, really under two weeks from week zero. You know, I feel like I feel like we haven't done enough football talking, like real some ball talk. The problem, though, because I was thinking about this today, I don't necessarily think it's our fault. I think it's a byproduct of Multiple things. Number one, I think first and foremost, it's a byproduct of college football coaches in general act like what's going on in their football program are state secrets. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe some of the behavioral issues, maybe that's why they want to keep it locked up. But the fact that, you know, even amongst like big programs, the access, like you're nobody seeing practice anymore. So there's not a lot of observations and the amount of information has decreased. Mm-hmm. I think another huge aspect of it is who the hell knows what a roster looks like anymore. Yeah. And that's true. You know what I mean? Like when we like we talk yeah. about we'll see what they got. We'll see who they Correct. start out there in week one. Correct. And so rather than bore your audience to sleep, you know, with well, I don't know, let's see. We'll see week one. We'll see what they got. Like it just ends up you'd like, well, what else is there to talk about? Well, we're going to give it a whirl with David Cobb. Three o'clock or so. Well, CBS Sports got their preseason All-Americans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got something there. Oh, yeah. Uh, three o'clock or so. The good stuff. Uh, we will get into the list. And then uh, there, I, didn't, I didn't get to watch Hard Knocks last night. I apologize. Um, Do you want me to tell you what happened? Yeah, if you want. We'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe there'll be some NFL news that pops up. But, yeah, maybe you can spoil it for me. I feel like it's, you know. It's it's on me. It, it aired last night. I'm cool with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like when a show like Hard Knocks, I kind of know what happened in the Jets training camp over the last week. Yeah, so. did I? Am I? How did I really miss some inside scoop? Mm. Or have I not caught up on some inside scoop? No, but there's there's been some pretty good Rogers moments that we need yeah. to, that I want to get into. Okay, because there were a couple of things that there were a couple of things that I could tell. Aaron Rodgers said, put that in there. Okay. And I wanted, I wanted to right. discuss that. All right. We'll get into that next hour. But let's uh, let's start things off with a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey show where we either buy, buy sell, sell, short, short or go to Reddit. All right, Jeffrey. Let's start with this Michael Orr mm, good. blindside story. Well, Jeffrey, it is like a huge story internationally at this point. Yes, I, I know here in Memphis. Like, wait, no, they, that's a, that's the thing that's bizarre to me. It is, it is a local story, quote unquote. Of course, I guess you can make the argument. It's a story about two people that live in Orlando and another person that lives in Nashville. But there's obviously massive Men- Memphis ties. But it feels to me like it is a significantly bigger story nationally than it is locally. Yes, and. Like I think this press conference that's it's probably running a little late because it's probably a zoo. 
You know, like it's probably a lot of people I think in a, a small area because it's in a uh, who's who's on the scene. Uh, Munz is there. Uh, is he Jason, live tweeting it? Uh, I haven't seen anything from him yet, um, but it was supposed to be just for the local press. But I don't, I don't know if that's secret. Uh, it doesn't seem like that that stayed local. Yeah, I don't know if it, I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know if it uh, if it if the secret was kept, but. Nonetheless, it's not in like a, you know, it's not like in an auditorium. It's in a law office. And uh, <laughs> I think that thing's going to be bonkers. But it's because there's this, you know, like all the morning shows are talking about it, all the talk shows during the day. Like this is a crossover national story because of how big the movie was, frankly, um, and how well known the story that was mythologized at this point, right? Is that the best way to put it? Or like uh, the story that was... It was sold, maybe? Yeah, the story that was sold um, was... May it, have been a tell-your-story, yeah. not the story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very much clear at this point, It's a te- this is a tell-your-story situation. Maybe that was actually the, side. the inception of don't tell these story, tell your story. Like, it was the Tuies and Michael Orr for me. Like, maybe <laughs> maybe 16-year-old me. Like, that's, that's where, what triggered that's it. That's the moment. I thought it was in a marketing class in college, but no, it was, it's uh, maybe this was the moment. Um, so... Uh, we shall see. It's ongoing uh, over uh, downtown. It, if there's anything though, that emerges, like, we'll let you know. It feels like a bigger show for the Today Show than it does, or bigger story for the Today Show than it does for like ESPN. Yeah, or for like me and you, yes. like who live in Memphis, well, our sports say, like, fans in like Memphis. Next, this feels like a, a story that's really rocking the the souls of a lot of moms in America. Well, that inspires this buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. Buy, right. sell, short, or go to Reddit. The Michael R. Tui story will still be a national story after this week, like beyond this week. It will remain a national story. All right, I'm going to short this, and here's why. If you, th- I think most people would go like, "Oh yeah," like does, does short get an X or a or a cheer? I'm betting against it. I think it's an X. Okay, yeah, I'm, bet- I'm yeah. betting against it. Okay, but I think the obvious situations that people go like, "Oh yeah," like you've turned on TV, you can't. You can't miss it now. Like so, this thing will keep going because they'll milk it. If you look at how national media, particularly like news media, works on television, mm-hmm. they'll usually milk the hell out of a story for about forty-eight hours, and then inevitably, what those types of media types want is movement. Like they want the story to move, mm-hmm. and that's like what they want. So it's like, well, we knew this. Now we know this. I don't know how much more movement there's going to be because now it's, it seems to me I would presume at this presser we're going to get some more mudslinging, but that's about it. Well, and that's what's interesting to me about it is, so for instance, we get the Michael Orr civil complaint or whatever whatever you want to call it, the petition, and then we get first Sean Toohey talking to Calkins, and then subsequently – the Tui's statement yesterday from one of their lawyers, and now we're getting another Tui lawyer statement. In between that, last night or yesterday evening, Mike Lord did a book signing appearance in Oxford on the square, and did not speak. He just he thanked the crowd. You know, he like thanked the crowd for going there. Did not speak to reporters. Did not talk to anyone about it. You know, like didn't was it was not a did not come up. He said talk to his talk to my lawyer. Essentially, is what he said to the press 
you need to speak to my lawyer, um, who has not been returning phone calls. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, the lawyer's Mina Kimes brother, by the way. Really? Yes. That's confirmed. I'm nearly certain. Oh wow. Yes. Um. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if his he's as overrated as she is. Oh, oh my, Jeffrey! Oh, Did you just work that in there to get that oh, shot in? Oh. Um, but I am going to because you're right. Because but the the point I'm making is we've had something to advance the story each day, correct? If you will, and that's part of why it's kept. I think it. I think we. I think by Monday something else has happened. That's my gut. I, I something okay, but, all we all they need right now even is something else to okay, happen. I guess this this is the other reason I'm shorting it. I think at this point, if Orr had something to release, mm-hmm. it would have occurred by now. And Here's, so the only thing that is left now is like a response from them, but they're not talking to media. Like it seems like they don't. They're in. Let's keep it hush hush. It seems to me their strategy is let's get this bad boy to a settlement. Yeah, perhaps. Here's where here's where I would um here's where I would I'm I'm gonna buy it. All I'm right. gonna buy it under these three uh, news guy buys it, of course. I think you're right in terms of like the breathless day to day CNN, MSNBC yeah. coverage, the daily coverage. I don't think it will last. Like maybe, yeah, it'll get to the end of this week. It'll be a story, but then by next week, something else will happen. As I as I just said, but long term, like we got datelines ahead of us. You know, we've got yeah. But I'm talking more. I thought the we've question, got behind okay, the story. I, you know, I like I a docu series on I this. I misinterpreted what I'm saying. I thought you're. I thought you were saying in terms of like. No, I said my. I, I bought it under different pretenses. I said I. I you know, I kind of wiggled my way through it. Well, that's. That's very disingenuous. That's not a good faith effort. I feel like I work the system just like uh just like the, the Tuies did setting mm-hmm. up that conservatorship. Uh-huh. This is my conservatorship. Mm-hmm. Using this to get famous. <laughs> <laughs> Using our mm-hmm. Bicell Sugar and Reddit game to get famous. Well, um like what's on CNN right now? Yeah, do we got the press conference live? Is this worthy of live coverage from CNN? This press conference. So Fulton County DA wants arraignment set for week of September 5th. Do you, CNN? Okay. What uh, about Fox or Fox or uh, or uh, what about like he- MSNBC? Is HLN still a thing? HLN? Uh, I don't know. I'm not up on the uh, cable news scene. I know the I know the three big ones. No, I, if it's on the three big ones, no chance that CNBC is cl- covering this, right? Nah, that's not a CNBC story. Yeah. Uh, where, let's see, Fox, the story with Martha. I have no idea who Martha is. You'll never guess. She's blonde. Um, oh, oh no, it's Kellyanne Conway. Uh, GOP races take. Okay. Sh- All right. So good. All right. I, I, you know, I'm even the T, even the cable news are like, well, we need to vet whether this is actually, uh, actually something that's going to advance the story. Correct. And so this is kind of starting to take the form of what I'm what I'm saying, like how they operate, which is they will milk something and breathlessly cover it. And then when nothing else happens, they get frustrated and they just move on. Like, you know, they're playing the hits. CNN's right back to Trump indictments. Fox is, <laughs> you know, right back to what's this mean for the debates? Like everybody's just right back. to. But I, but I do think, like I said, I think this story will be infamous for a long, long time. A long, long time. It's going to be a well-known saga, if you will, 
going, you know, the blind sides. You know, like when you bring up the blind side, it's going to be this. Everyone, like a lot of people are going to know, oh, yeah. Oh, that wasn't true. (laughs) That wasn't true. Or not that wasn't true, but like there was, had all this controversy and all this. Honestly, though, you know what I, the fact that it's lasted this long Mm -hmm. for something like this to occur I think that smashed the over. <laughs> the movie studios are still saying this was like, I mean, like it, the fact that, you know, it right. this flimsy of a, of a premise. Uh, I don't know. And now I think part of it, though, is and this is something that's left out of the conversation, but I feel comfortable saying it like Michael went along with it. Like he did. Like when he was at Ole Miss, like he went along with it. Yeah. And he went along with it. For a very long time. Like, the closest you got to him speaking out was he didn't like how he was portrayed in the movie, which is completely mm-hmm. reasonable. They made it look like, A, he didn't know how to play football. Spoiler alert, y'all. Uh, he was at Briarcrest because he was very good at football and basketball. And they made him look very dumb. So, like, I understand that, but really, that's been the only thing. I haven't read the book, but apparently in the book, there's no mention of this at all. Yeah. That he's promoting right now. We're getting some details coming out of the press conference. Um, Munz is reporting the Tui's family Tui family legal team says the Tui's got a hundred thousand dollars each for the blind side, including is that in total? Is this this is each is what Munz how Munz puts it for blind side, okay, including saying, Michael Orr. But I'm what I'm saying is, is this a like? As of now, or like up front, they got 120 grand. I think they're saying, like, as of today, this is how much money okay. they've gotten, I guess. Um, and uh, yes. And then uh, he talked about how they've become more and more estranged over the last 10 years and quote, more and more threatening. Um, and so uh, they're saying that he picked his own agent, controlled his own, fi- like, they. Well, saying, like, yeah, no, like he was with controlled his own finances. Well, he was with Jimmy, and then he left Jimmy and went to, I believe, Rosenhaus. Mm-hmm. And he also like had an agent before Jimmy that he picked on his own. I believe is what the story I heard. Um, yes, and so uh, they're claiming they've given. They're they're emphasizing once again that well, these, they gave Michael Orr every all the money that he was owed for the movie, and to. The other thing is, what do you say? Like, it's more strange than 10 years? Is that what they said? But, yeah, they said it became more and more estranged over the last 10 years. That's about when he stopped playing football. Yeah, is that, I guess that might. Again, it's it feels like this is more just reiterating what you know the two there there are two different versions of this story right now. Well, it seems to me what they're doing is they're answering the questions basically from the statement that they made yesterday. Yes, and well, and they're saying ultimately they're like while they're, it was they're, filling con- the, they're giving the details of what the statement said. Well, I think what they're trying to say is that while the yes, there technically was there was a conservatorship in place, it was only in place because no one bothered to not have it in place anymore. And that they had no control over what Michael Orr was doing with his decisions or his money, ultimately. And I, uh, this is, I don't, this know, is me. That's what they're. I think that's what they're trying to get across. This is me speculating, but I believe that this is true. I think Orr's attorneys made the conservatorship a big deal because 
there's a negative connotation because of Britney Spears. Like, really, the first time we really, the public became aware of what a conservatorship is, was Britney well, Spears. Well, I will say this. And p- it's a very different, I will say this. That, the type of conservatorship that they used for Michael is very different than the type of conservatorship that, ha- that well, Britney had. I don't think it's different in type. I think it's different in practice in that. Well, it's different Brittany in how it occurred. Yeah, but it, it occurred and also that, like, Britney's people controlled her. Whereas, that, like, whereas it sounds like the Tuies are trying to make the argument that while there was a conservatorship in place, we were not actually in control of how he spent his money or how he earned his money or his decision-making. The The problem, I think, for the Tuies is, is these conservatorships, like, it's supposed to be, these are ma- put in place for people who truly are not capable of making decisions correct. on their own. And the they... There is an argument to be made that they made this conservative ship to begin with under false pretenses. Um, that Michael Orr was capable of making decisions I mean, on his own. Maybe, but I and that they so they did this so he could get an old miss. Like yeah, that's so why they was, did. This it. was all ever back in '05. Mm-hmm. Everyone said that this was done to get the NCAA off Ole Miss's back. Yeah, because um, they were hounding them. Yes, and so. That's where it could blow back on them in in some way, but you know we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens with all this, but it doesn't. Hopefully, you know. Again, we'll see if this advances the story. I think I think we're gonna get more legs out of this. This press conference will, you know, play out again. Nice. Excuse me. Um, and jeez, uh, frat house boy here. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I don't. She's very professional. I know know Diet Dew. Yeah, Diet Dew, a little too much Diet Dew You and Cartman. (laughs) Had like eight eight bottles of Diet Dew. It's a pizza. Well, um, I don't think, I think we've come to the conclusion that like this is all just kind of sad now. And like not not, not even sad. the The word that I think of is icky. Yeah, icky. And well, it's just like, no, eh. Anytime anyone talks from here on out, unless it's we reconciled and all, you know, listen, we made, we all made mistakes here and we've reconciled. Unless it's that, it's just going to be like awful and it's not going to happen. That's not till the third movie. (laughs) The second movie is like the Empire Strikes Back. You know, this is when things went, went poorly. No, it's, it's funny. The second movie Mm -hmm. is going to be a documentary. We're going to get like a Netflix docu-series and then if they ever reconcile it'll be like a lifetime movie. It'll never attain like it'll never be like a movie in the theater again. The story's too tainted. Oh, I don't think we're far away from getting a Netflix a Netflix untold yes. where Michael's where Michael's just sitting Oh yeah, we'll get like just oh, like the yeah. Manzel thing like Exactly. You know. John, like that Johnny Manzel thing was ridiculous. I don't know if you talked about it last week, but Yeah, I did. I liked it. I, it was fine. It was, it was just like I thought. it was fine, but it was just like him going, him like going, yeah, I almost committed suicide, and then like moving on to something no, else, the, and like, I, you know, I had this terrible drinking problem. And then like the thing the ends in, with him drinking. Well, because <laughs> I talked like, about oh. it. Almost felt like they had so much material, but they didn't know how to end it, and so, you know, it's like, well, you know, I had all these problems. Here's Johnny drinking a beer. Uh, Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It was it was almost like they they spent all the good material, and then they were like, "Well, this thing has to be seventy five minutes, so we got to wrap it up." Yeah, I guess. But um, I, I think you're right. We might get it. There might be a Michael Orr one. That untold, untold, yeah. the real blind side. <laughs> well, he's done books, mm-hmm. multiple now. So um, 
Interesting. All right, next buy, so, sell, shorter. So you go don't to think Reddit. untold matters? You don't think it applies? Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, oversold, uh, retold. Yes, <laughs> the Michael Orr story. <laughs> um, let's go on to the Grizzlies schedule. All right, because I am intrigued by this because of the circumstances. Like, don't you think this schedule release matters a little? You know, I, I guess the the. In the same sense as the Jer- the last year's one did because of Jaron's injury, but now because of the jaw suspension and all the, you know, you're wondering what are exactly the ramifications from all this. We know now it's a 25 game suspension for John Morant. What about in terms of like exposure? In terms of, uh, you know, these national number of national TV games is used as a judgment of how you're perceived by the league. Let's just be. It just is. Yeah. No. It it tells you whether or not they're going to focus on you as a story. Yes. Um, Are you in agreement with me? Because I admit this might be because I grew up a college football fan in the South. This is not as big of a day to me as the magnet day. Schedule magnet, that's when I know, like, boom, it's real. Mm -hmm. I love a magnet schedule. I I do like them, but we don't get the magnet schedule until right before the season. I know, but it feels more real then. This feels like it's still so far away, and it's Mm. just like the NBA is only releasing it now because – of where it is on the calendar, yeah. Like there, football hasn't started yet. I feel like they they're willing to compete. They're willing to compete with the Little League World Series, but it, it doesn't feel like that. It's anything other than they're releasing it now because there's not much going on. But I do agree with you in the sense and of like the reality is if they've already done it, it's going to leak out if they wait too long with it. Yes, you know it'll leak yes, out agreed. eventually. So. Um, so we're going to get schedule released tomorrow. And here's, so here's my buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit for you related to the Grizzlies. All right. Buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit. The Grizzlies will have double-digit national TV games. And I'm not counting NBA TV games. I'm talking ABC, ESPN, TNT. The non-NBA TV division. Double-digit national TV What games. was it last year, 19? Let's see here. I think it was 19 last year. There might have been one that got added. At the end, you know, like, because there's 18, 18, 18, and there might have been one added at the end. Okay. So when we say double digit, I'm because I'm having to apparently deal with the son of a lawyer here who deals with technicalities here. (laughs) We have to see 10 or more on tomorrow's schedule. That's that's what we're talking about. Like I this can't be right. a situation yeah, where, gut take. Yeah, where, no, where, right. where the Grizzlies uh, like get four that. games at the end of the year, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I won. You lost. <laughs> we can't do that. Oh, man, that would have been a good workaround, though, <laughs> if you didn't I, bring it up. Again, well I'm, done. I'm asking these uh, questions because I I can. I would, I would vote. I would say I would say either. Let's, well, let's, let's put no, that wild card no. in play. No. Because no, that would I mean they earned it. That would mean they earned it. Which yep. is fine, but uh, for the premise of this, because we're talking okay. about how does the league view them. Okay, yeah, okay, fine. That to fine. me, like that's okay. a different. That's a that's okay. That's earning it. Okay, that's that's gotcha. Uh, what's Cal Perry's kid's name? Brad. Brad Calipari. Yeah, earn not given. <laughs> <laughs> Most ironic tattoo in the history. Like it's. I think that's more ironic than the no regrets tat. Like that one. That one is amazing. All right, I'm selling this. <laughs> So you don't think think they're getting double-digit tomorrow? So the argument would be part of the reason why in the NBA Cup games that were released, those are pre-ja. I'm selling this because I think if the NBA were Vince McMahon in WWE, 
they would have. He'd be back on TNT Thursday um, night. Immediately. He'd be yes. back on that. Or like, a, or like an ABC yes. Saturday night game. 100%. Or Sunday afternoon 100%. Game. Yeah. I think the NBA, though, is – the NBA we definitely know is way more image conscious than clear, clearly the WWE is. But I think also everything that we've been seeing, kind of how they've operated since the suspension with Ja, is this is like a – a learning moment, a teaching moment. And so mm-hmm. I think that they want the Grizzlies to be muted. Therefore, Ja will be muted. And therefore, that gives the best environment for the path back. They're going to give they're going to give Pete Brevin and, and uh, Fish right. the chance to call right. the uh, Ja Morant return. Right. Probably be a home game. Yes. Like that to me, that I I think that I think that they viewed I think that they viewed I think the NBA thinks that at a certain level, like maybe they gave him too much too soon. Mm. And building him up. Mm, you think there's some regrets there. Correct, yes. There's yeah. there's some regrets there. So I'm thinking that you're gonna see a lot more toned down of the Grizzlies are gonna have to earn it to get back. I'm going to buy. I don't think it's going to be 18. I think they'll have double digit cuz Jaws still ultimately like you're going to want you know once there won't be many at the beginning of the year. That's for sure. I think but I think I think they'll be I think they'll get double digits. Who else are they going to put on? Uh the Lakers? Yeah, but the Warriors? The Suns? Lakers Warriors Because they're now they're now they're in a good spot where if Ja is playing well, who's a better story in the NBA than the Grizzlies next year? I think, like, a bigger story, I would say. I'd say, yeah, if the Lakers are good, they would be. The Suns obviously will be. Um, I mean, the Mavs are fascinating from, like, a uh, if they're good social experiment. If they're either good, yeah, if they're good or not. But, yeah, they, they could. you could see them as being more marketable. Boston's going to be on TV Boston. a ton. I mean, it's basically everyone who's on the Christmas Day games. Those, except maybe Miami. I, M- Memphis is more compelling well, than Miami. I know they went to the conference finals. Well, but, but is Miami more compelling if Dame goes there? Yes. And to me, that was kind of tipping their hand. Ah, uh, you think you think that's for Dame? Uh, I, I think this is never. It'll get worked out. Yes, I think they've. I think I think they've played this publicly the way that they needed to. But he's going to Miami. Interesting. Pat Riley gets it done. Yeah. One last. One last. Thing I mean, Pat I guess Riley Philly. Philly is fascinating. Yeah, well, the Harden thing. Yeah, yeah. well, they have, but they don't want they don't like featuring that stuff because like Philly's not on Christmas Day, right? They're not playing. Christmas. I thought they're the first game. No, I think that's Knicks, uh, Bucks, isn't it? Or Nick? Yeah, it sounds right now. Um, I thought Philly got one. I'm not sure, but my we'll, internet doesn't work. We'll get the Grizzlies schedule, and we we agreed. Front, you want it soft in the front, just like Phrasing. last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Are we in public? Yeah. Um, you want it easier mm-hmm. <laughs> at the beginning, uh, but I don't know. And then we'll have these TBD games with the NBA Cup. So, do we know what were you? Because I was trying to tell Jeff, your understanding is there's going to be two TBD games. I think it depends how far you get in that tournament. Like, but, like it, no, but I'm saying when they announce it. Yeah, there could be two TBD games because... Like, how many games are we getting tomorrow? 80? I think so. Okay. 
Um, and it like depends if you don't make the quarterfinals, you have to add two more games to your, of that NBA Cup. You have to add two more games to your schedule. Or right, because my understanding is the teams that play in the NBA Cup final, they play will play eighty three games. But that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and so if you make the semis. You'll have played. You Sixers the Heat. That's the second game. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was, so six, I was like, am I? So Sixers did get it. Okay. Well, I still, I think, I don't think they're getting eighteen. I don't even think they're getting fifteen. But like ten or eleven, that sounds about right. I think it's a. It's gonna be back to. It's gonna be. Uh, it's not back to when everyone would get infuriated, where like they would go a whole you don't think year. The, you don't think the twenty sixth game on that schedule is a national TV game? Do you think? Are you? Do, what do you think? Do you think the 26th game tomorrow is national TV? My gut says no. I think they want to ease this back in. Do you think 27, 28, 29 is I mean, because you also TV? have to remember this. From the NBA's perspective, it's not a guarantee he's yeah. back game 26. Are they Are they on national TV the 25th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, or 30th game of the I, season? My prediction. Do they, do they put him on national TV within like the first week he's back? My prediction is. Week the f- or two. My prediction is the first national TV game. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm really putting myself out there. I think it'll be the MLK game. That'll be Jaws' first. That'll national be the first TV national game. in the non-NBA TV division. Interesting. I think that will be the first time. That would be a mu- that would basically be a it's month like a after buffer he returns, to see, like kind of like get that. the pulse of see how it's going. And they have a lot of national TV games around Christmas time, though. Like not remember we saw last year. Remember they were on the. They were on last national TV got, three was, straight games. It was the twenty third and the twenty fifth, and the twenty. They were they they were on their lat. I think they tipped their hand yesterday with the with the NBA Cup. Yeah. with them having such limited. Uh huh. Even it was the no Lakers national TV yeah. game that felt a little strange because yeah. that's a playoff well, rematch then, of like a right. You know, like and uh, then also putting very, that, putting the Phoenix game at four p.m. on NBA TV that, on Black Friday. Yes. Oh, you think that's a yeah, because eh. I believe, thanks be to the commish, don't we have Amazon games, NFL games that Friday? Is this the year? I know we're getting Black Friday games. Is, I think it's this year. I think you might be right. I, I think that's a little, I think they tipped their hand. Interesting. Well, we've got one last buy, sell, sure, go to, go to Reddit. I want to I ask it to David Cobb. Let's do that. Um, it is, let me give a little tease here. Buy, sell, sure, go to Reddit. Memphis will be playing Pac-4 teams in the mm. 2024 college football season. We'll ask David Cobb what his answer to that is next. He'll join us. You're listening to Giannato and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. David Cobb writes about college football and basketball for CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at David W. Cobb. Cobb. Is Memphis in 2024 going to be playing any of the Pac-4 or the Forgotten Four in league play? Yeah, I'll go no on that. I'll go no on that. You, you, you disagree? What, what no, no. I actually, so I Because I agree with you on this. Here's how I think it's shaping out. I don't see any way that this works unless Stanford and Cal do it, and I don't believe that they're going to do it. And because of that, I think the options for Oregon State, financially, it's probably going to be easier for them to go to the Mountain West. I think you're, I think you're spot on. I think that, that's the likely outcome. So for me, and, and Gary actually is going to touch on this in, in a dribble handoff piece that we have coming out soon, uh, but I've been of the opinion that like the best outcome at this point from Memphis is to wait for the Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia, Miami exodus yeah. from the ACC and then slip your hand up and say, hey, we would actually be a, a wonderful fit to backfill uh, the ACC. And I think they would be. I think they would be in line with that. They would, they would fit very well, I think, with, with Louisville, Syracuse, Boston College, Wake Forest, like it would be a, a probably basketball first type of league in terms of its feel, and it would be a huge upgrade from where Memphis is now. I mean, that's maybe still a couple years down the road, but I, I don't feel like that's pie in the sky, like fingers crossed. Like I feel like that's a very plausible, realistic outcome. No, I, I'm with you because I've been, I've been even like when the Big 12 thing was happening, I still thought the best chance was start making yourself look pretty to the ACC. Start yep. greasing those tires, you know, make find out what, what they're interested in. And to me, like that, like geographically, it's a much better fit. It's going to be, like you said, I feel like primarily basketball first schools, but it's going to be a good basketball league. It's a good enough football league. And it's, it's teams that, it, there's no question like the schedule improves. But like to me, like that's the best shot. 
Yeah, you could even have a Duke in that conference, theoretically. I, I, I mean, <laughs> think that's where it's trending, man. Yeah, uh, so, but yeah, we'll see. I, I think, obviously, Florida State has let that deadline pass, so they're going to be in the ACC, you know, for another couple of years. Uh, so when, when they finally break out and the ACC, you know, falls apart, that's when, you know, Memphis will be positioned to pounce. I wouldn't want to go, like, if the Pac-12 calls Memphis right now, I would be, like, real hesitant to, to go out there. Like, I'm kind of with you, gonna, too. You know, like, if, if, if the four schools who are remaining out there are trying to build this thing back and they're trying to pretend like they can remain a power five league and all this um be real cautious real careful about that because there could be a better option on the horizon pretty soon well it just like to me it depends what the circumstances are like i think it would help memphis you know and the aac in general to add any of those pack four teams it's just depends. like if they're just joining the aac it'd be great i think yeah. i don't know if it ele- it doesn't elevate the aac to you know, the status of being a power conference, but it does, I think, I think whoever, if if those schools end up in the AAC or the Mountain West, whatever league they pick is probably going to be considered the best of the rest league, however long that structure lasts in college football and would have an inside track at the playoff berth for however long that playoff berth is available for these types yeah. of teams. Yeah, from a football standpoint, it would be it would be pretty nice to add those four Pac-12 schools to the AAC, or even two of them, right? Uh, however, from a basketball side, you're talking about I think the four worst basketball programs mm. in the Pac-12. I mean, Washington State has at least been decent, like 500 or, or so, but boy, Cal. I mean, Stanford is, is, apparently doesn't care at all about basketball anymore. They well, it's keep... the transfer. They get Stanford gets killed on the transfer. They can't bring in one year guys. You're not allowed to at Stanford. Yeah, but they still they recruit well. I mean, they get yeah. Zaire Williams is of the world. They they routinely get you know top thirty, top fifty type of players in almost every class, and you know still yeah. can't uh, make it. And to people the have won at well, Stanford. And so then Oregon State, Mike Montgomery won at Stanford for a long time. Oregon State made the mistake of believing in the COVID year. Remember they they gave the coach the extension. Yeah, didn't they go win winless last year in the Pac-12? Wayne Tinkle, yeah, uh, boy, they 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 went hard uh, on his contract, and then they so they went three and thirty or something the, the next year after they made the Elite Eight, which is insane. Uh, but but Cal is actually going to bounce back on basketball. I mean, this is kind of a tangent, but like they'll be fine. But what where those schools are in trouble right now is the recruiting side of things in in all sports, especially football and basketball. Because if you're a prospect out there who's always viewed Cal or Stanford as a power conference school, now all of a sudden as a coach you're trying to recruit players there and you, you don't know what to tell them in terms of what conference you're going to be in, what level you're going to play at. Like, you know, the, the, I would hate to be in position right now to, to recruit you know, for, for one of those basketball staffs because uh, you're, you're fighting with one arm you know, tied behind your back. Are you buying – I'm of the opinion that Stanford – is bluffing with saying that they'll go independent. I, I think it's, I think it's a lot easier to say that than it is in practice. Like filling out a schedule is going to be difficult. Getting your games on TV is going to be difficult. I think it's a bluff, and I think they're using it as leverage to try and motivate people. Like, oh, we'll we'll give you more, and trying to get their way into where they want to go. Are you buying that? That's a legitimate option. I, I am buying that it's a little bit uh, that it is a legitimate option because. Stanford has a $36 billion endowment. So they could actually afford for a couple of years to go independent without much TV revenue 
and and they'd be all right. Like they got to find a home for their non-rev sports, but football wise, they could take the hit, you know, and, and I don't know that they'd want to do it long term. It's definitely a negotiating ploy uh, because I'm sure the Mountain West or the AAC would eventually, you know, sweeten the pot for somebody of that caliber, a school of that of that standing. But if push comes to shove and Stanford feels like, OK, let's go independent for three, four five years and then see where maybe we fit long term after that they have that financial leeway uh, to go and do that. Whereas I don't know if the other schools, including Cal, really do. I mean, that Cal Athletics Department's never been in a, in a great place financially. And uh, so I don't know that they would have the appetite for that there. But Stanford could pull it off going independent for at least a few years. We're talking with David Cobb of CBS Sports. Follow him on Twitter, on X, at David W. Cobb. Cobb, I saw Wes Rucker tweeted out that, uh, according to Josh Heupel, Joe Milton's not thrown an interception yet during during camp. <laughs> now, I didn't see the follow-up about how many completions he had thrown, but is he the biggest swing guy right now in the SEC? Because if he is really good, like uh, Tennessee, Tennessee's got all the the ceiling in the world, but I feel like if he's if he is what we've seen throughout his career, you know, I mean, I just feel like he. I feel like he determines so much for Tennessee this year. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and go. Joe Milton, Spencer Rattler, and Connor Wegman. Those are the three. Yeah. Who whose performance this season will wildly uh, impact the, the Southeastern Conference? Obviously, Rattler at, at South Carolina, Wegman at Texas A and M with Bobby Petrino now as the offense coordinator, and Joe Milton with Tennessee. Because the assumption here is that Joe Milton's going to plug in right where Hendon Hooker left off. Tennessee won't miss a beat offensively, but that is a massive assumption because Hendon Hooker was the best Tennessee quarterback since Peyton Manning. I mean, let's be real. And he replaced Joe Milton because Joe Milton was largely ineffective. He was. And so I think people get a little bit caught up in looking at the garbage time numbers that Milton's posted the last couple seasons. You know, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions last year. That's great, but... That was mostly garbage time, and he was he was good enough in the in the Clemson game in the Orange Bowl, but he wasn't spectacular. So yeah, the guy except for the post pat that post pattern into that end zone where you thought he was actually overthrowing it because of the camera view, and then the guy caught it right at the goalpost. That was unbelievable. Well, did, did you see him throwing oranges into yes. the crowd? Yes, the game mm-hmm. too. Uh, the NFL scouts were really excited about that. So uh, no, I've... he's Go ahead. he's a good he, he's talented. He's He's got that NFL draft buzz. He's got the, the little bit of that Will Levis vibe, where it's like, oh, my gosh, the arm strength. And, and wait, hold on, though. Are we putting too much into this guy's NFL draft stock uh, and not really looking closely enough at what he, what he could do in terms of efficiency and pro- productivity in the college game? I mean, that's kind of the question there with, with Milton. Oh, I'm with you. If you want to go hot take, hot take workshop, Kentucky's going to upgrade at quarterback this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Leary is, is Leary's a good player. And, and they get Cohen back yes. as the offensive coordinator. Which I think uh, also helps big time. Indeed. So, yeah, a lot of movies. I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen enough Joe Milton throws for a lifetime. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. As a Michigan fan, I've seen it's enough a, of them. It's a more friendly offense, Mark. I'll say this. If if he – Josh Heupel is the real deal for real if like Tennessee is like a playoff contender again this year. That's in my mind. If Joe Milton – has them as a playoff contender, to me, that's a signal to me that Josh Heupel is 
legit. Cobb, do you like the Georgia game being so late in the calendar this year? I don't know that it's great for Tennessee. I mean, the the big difference is that it's in Knoxville this year. Last year, the weather was horrible. So, I mean, you get Georgia on a good weather day inside Neyland, uh, I think it's a totally different dynamic. But where you worry about it is at that point so late in the season, uh, what's the offensive line, defensive line depth yeah. situation look like for Tennessee? Georgia, you know, has guys they can roll in, plug and play, down to their second, third teams in most spots up front. I don't know if Tennessee's in that place with its depth. You know, already dealing in fall camp here with a pretty significant injury to Cooper Mays on the offensive line. So I don't know if I love it, that game being so late. I, I think there's a chance for attrition to catch up with Tennessee. I mean, not all, all too much differently than the way it did uh, when they lost to South Carolina. You know, you, you run out of gas when you're a program that's been dealing with scholarship reductions and a new coaching staff. I mean, people forget it. We're still pretty early here in this Josh Heifel tenure. I mean, they don't have every position all the way built up the way that you would uh, expect for a team that's beginning the year in the top 15, you know, and getting some, some CFP dark horse buzz. So, no, I actually don't love it. I mean, the, the location of the game – obviously works in Tennessee's favor, but the point on the calendar I don't think is an advantage. The thing that's fascinating to me is they have that four-game stretch with a bye week. The South Carolina, South Carolina at home, A&M at home, at Alabama, at Kentucky. I know Kentucky has the, has the yips when they play Tennessee, but like that four-game stretch feels like it defines their season. Yeah, I've kind of ID'd the at Kentucky game as a potential derailment. Kentucky's coming off of a bye. Tennessee is coming off of playing at Alabama. <laughs> That's quite a nice edge there for Kentucky at home uh, with plenty of time to prepare after Tennessee goes to Bryant-Denny. That's the ultimate trap spot. And among the reasons why I went with the over on Kentucky, you know, uh, for yeah. the story I did at CBS this week, I mean, one, Mark Stoops is a lock for seven or more wins, and that's their that's their win total. And two, I kind of like the way Kentucky's schedule uh, sets up, and that that's a that's a really tough spot for for Tennessee back to back road games uh, there in October. I don't I don't I don't love that section of their schedule. Well, it's it's fascinating because like Ole Miss has a similar type situation where after let's see, I'm trying to remember. It's like after the they they get three games. You got Mercer, Tulane, Tech. And it's at Tulane, but then it's like at Alabama, LSU at home, and Kiffin exhausts so much energy trying to beat Saban. Like that LSU spot, I think it's a bad. I don't. I would not like to see that back to back. And then after that, you get Arkansas. Then your bye week, and it's like Auburn at Auburn, where they've. I've, I think they've won like three times in my lifetime. You get the Vandy game, A and M at Georgia, like. Both of those teams, it feels like if if they don't handle that part of the schedule well, like I feel like that's what we can see with in this day and age where you have so many transfers where like, you know, if you were coming in with aspirations of winning the division or, you know, competing for a playoff spot and then it gets off the tracks, like I just feel like it's very difficult to keep a team together. Well, Ole Miss has, I think, sneakily one of the most difficult schedules in the country. Because at Tulane, I mean, I'm sure whenever they scheduled that, you know, 27 years ago, Tulane was probably down at the time. But Tulane just beat USC uh, in a New Year's Six Bowl. And, and now you're going down there to play them. Georgia Tech will at least have a pulse 
uh, this year. Uh, Yeah, they had quit on Collins when they played him last year. Right, and you go to Georgia as your cross division, you know, rotating uh, opponent. That is that is tough. Uh, so, if if Lane Kiffin has this team sniffing ten wins, I think it'll have been probably his best coaching job so far. No, I think you can make an argument if they went eight and four with the schedule, like that's probably a top twenty team. I don't know if it would be ranked in the top twenty, but like metrically, I guarantee it'd be in the top twenty. Well, it's one of those teams that you would at eight and four even. Uh, have on the cusp of a future 12-team playoff, honestly. Yeah. Uh, anything else that that stood out to you from your win totals? I mean, Ohio State. Uh, sorry, Mark, about this, but uh, mm. Mark, Mark's State. down. Mark, I'm telling you, I am. Mark, 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 Mark is. Tell Mark me is if very I'm very down. Well, tell me, I've got this bad vibe. About, so he doesn't. Yeah, vibes I've been are tec- bad. I've been texting with all my Michigan buddies, and everyone's very excited, but it's become very clear to me that anything less than winning a national championship in Ann Arbor this year feels mm-hmm. like it's going to be a Which would be amazing considering how many playoff wins y'all have? Zero. Okay. Um, it, it, <laughs> Beat like, Georgia. Like, literally, I've got friends going. I go, like I told them, I go, I'm a little worried about this because basically, my in my mind, it's if you're not 11-0 going into the Ohio State game. To me, that would be, you know, like ultimately with the talk they're talking, that would be kind of disappointing. And the Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.